You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 173 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And we are back at it after... Uh, it's, it's been a while. A lengthy absence. I think it's been close to a month. I think it's been, it's been four weeks. <laughs> uh, so we skipped an episode. You may or may not have noticed. Probably not. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I used to update, like, you used to go on Twitter and be like, oh, hey, you know, this week's episode is going to be delayed, or this week's episode is... Might not happen, and now I just don't do it, and nobody says anything. Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's the life of a lower-rung podcaster. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, yeah, so Sorry, we're... Sorry, we're not Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, because this show is so fucking good. Have you listened to his fucking dribble? No, I can't oh my... listen to him. God, it's so bad. It's it's all, here's why you should do mushrooms and vote Republican. I'm not going to listen to that. He's an idiot. Like, I, I honestly don't understand how a show is so popular. Like, I don't understand. It's like the number one show on everything. Yeah. iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, fucking Joe Rogan, number one. Yeah, it's like, it used to be like Adam Carolla and Mark Maron. Those were like the big ones. Yeah. Now it's just fucking it's just Joe Rogan everywhere. Joe Rogan all the time. And like... The guy's a fucking moron, and he like he he gets so loud and belligerent that it like confuses people into thinking he's making good points. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I haven't liked him since he was the maintenance guy on news radio. Exactly. Yeah. Ever since he turned into the douchebag at UFC, then that's when I stopped. Well, fuck UFC too. Well, yeah. Fucking racist piece of shit, Dana White. Fuck. Fuck Dana White. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so we're back after the Graveplot Film Festival, which was... Hey, that was why we took, took a week off. Right. So here's the thing. <laughs> we were, were supposed to record that weekend. Um, and it's just like after the film festival, we're like, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty tired. It was like, I'm tired and I still need to watch both movies. And Yeah. Yeah, Taylor, I can't remember if it was before or after the film festival. You're like, uh, are we recording this weekend? I'm like, well... I have to watch both movies, so no. Yeah, I was like, me too. So <laughs> no is good for me. Um, and then we were going to make up for it the following weekend, but then we got snowed on. Yeah, and not only that, but it was going to be our Women in Horror Month episode, and I don't know if you guys have been following along with that drama. Like, so much drama, and I don't drama. understand. I don't understand why there's so much drama. It doesn't because seem like Elisa Ovies just causes <laughs> drama everywhere she goes. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like it should be a fairly innocuous thing. It's just like, hey, you know what? I think we're we're intruding on Black History Month. Let's move it to March when nothing is else al- is really happening. It's which is already like uh, Women's History Month. March. Yeah. 
So is it okay? So like women in horror and women's history, they kind of go together. Sure. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's it's put. Uh, I mean, just from our perspective as, as podcasters, you know, we want to be able to, uh, you know, give exposure and you know, celebrate and talk about films from different, um, you know, groups. Um, and it was always a challenge for us to decide. It's like, okay, well, this month do we want to do uh, Black History Month or do we want to do Women uh, Women in Horror Month? Right, because we always have the Valentine's Day episode, so we really only had one other episode in February. Right. Um, so, I mean, this year, presumably, it should have been easy, but whatever. Yeah, uh, basically, th- basically, people were like, hey, I think we should move it to March, and the, the like official Women in Horror Month organization just up and folded. Right. They just threw their hands in the air and were just like, we're done. <laughs> Over, like you said, something that should have been fairly easy and, and innocuous to, to accomplish. And yeah, they, they just threw their hands in the air and said they were done. Oh, well. Okay, then. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, apparently we're going to say that uh, Women in Horror Month is now in March. So um, I think we're going to try and go back and just probably do like a mini so just do two reviews because we did have movies picked out. I do have a uh, a movie picked out for next month that has a female writer and director. Well, there you go. So are we are we changing things? I I mean that's it's kind of up to you if you want to change your pick, but well, I know next month I've got sacrifice, which I know Babs was involved. My sacrifice. Yeah, we're not using that song. <laughs> we are using Get that, that out of your head right now. <laughs> we are using that song for the intro and the outro. And every bumper <laughs> in our business. <laughs> uh, okay, so it looks like she maybe was like, she stars in it and she may have been like a producer or something, but she did not write or direct it. So that's not going to work. All right. Well, anyway, anyway, we'll figure that out later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, we'll be doing our usual March stuff, you know, like our uh, St. Patrick's Day episode. Or Irish horror. Uh, um, and uh, speaking of which, if you guys uh, have not been to our website in the last, well, year, we do have our own Grave Plot podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. St. Patrick's Day shirts available. Um, designed by yours truly. Uh, and yeah, get I, I would get them now so you can have them by St. Patrick's Day, so you don't get pinches. Because <laughs> if you wear not wearing your green, you're gonna get some pinches. You're gonna get pinches. <laughs> Where'd that come from? I don't know. You started it. And oh I, yeah, and yeah. I just kind of fell in line. <laughs> uh. Anyway. Okay. Wait. So, is that from something? I think it's like something my brother did. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, there's no way we came up with something organically. That's not us. <laughs> <laughs> no, we take other people's jokes. Right, and then just beat them into the ground until they're not funny anymore. And then we're like, that's ours now. <laughs> <laughs> we destroyed it. We now own it. Um, anyway. Yeah. So um, what, what's new, Taylor? Um, well, we just did the Grave Plot Film Fest Awards, handed out the um, the hypothetical trophies for the, the winners from 
uh, two weeks ago when we had our, our festival, our virtual film festival. For those who didn't get a chance to watch, uh, of course, we had some technical snafus. Yep. Uh, but, you know, we, we were able to kind of right the ship, and uh, overall, I think it went well. Yeah. All little, things considered. It was a little disappointing because we had this uh, streaming service that uh, didn't tell us that we were going to have a, a cap on our data stream. Yeah. Um, and uh, cut us off. So we had to, yeah, regroup and switch everything over to uh, YouTube on the fly. Um, but luckily, it was early on in the show. I think we were in like the first or second film. Um, and we were able to switch over quickly. Um, and like I said, when we were during our re- awards ceremony, <laughs> that seems like a big word for what we did, but... <laughs> um, I was saying, like, our part, everything we did on our end went off smooth. Like, it was just fine. It was everyone else that fucked us. <laughs> um, anyway. We have all this terrible luck with technology, but it's not always our fault. Right. Sometimes the technology maker is the one that fucked up. Yeah. It's not user error all the time. Science um, is wrong sometimes. But yeah, anyway, congratulations to our winners. Uh, we'll, those will be posted on the Film Fest website. There oh, they are. They're up. There you go. Um, so go take a look. Congratulate them. Um, and seek If you can seek out their films uh, elsewhere, I, I recommend that you do. They are all very good films. Yeah, they won awards for reasons. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we just dealt with a snowstorm. I mean, pfft. Nothing like what's going on in Texas, but no, um, yeah. So that's the reason why we're just now recording 173. 173 was supposed to be Women in Horror Month, but now instead it's just uh, another regular old episode. It's fucking Willy's Wonderland, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to chat about? Um, no, not really. Okay. I mean, you know, we're we're still in a pandemic, so it's we. We went up to Bellingham yesterday and like we sat outside a brewery and had a beer. Brewery. A brewery. So that was that was the extent of our adventures. Neat. Yeah. Uh I didn't do anything like that. That's good. Yeah. Uh I do have uh, an appointment scheduled to get a vaccine though. Hey. Yeah, uh my work, you know, like I do payroll, so I'm an essential employee. I also work for a company that provides health care. So it's kind of like double essential. Yeah. And, you know, I have uh, comorbidities, comorbid- as they put it. Basically, just things that make me high risk. So, um, yeah, I feel like I, part of me feels guilty telling people that I have or that I'm able to get a vaccine and I'm going to be getting it soon. But, um, and it's like, I would be more than happy to wait my turn, but it's like, I've got my wife to worry about who is pregnant, and while they're testing women now on the vaccine, it's still not really clear on what kind of effects it'll have, so she's kind of, you know, a little iffy about it. Yeah. So, I gotta do what I can to make sure that she stays healthy, and if that's getting the vaccine myself, then I'm damn well gonna do it. Science. 
Blinded me with science. Taylor hates my thumbs. You got weird, gross, hit your thumbs. <laughs> Have I told you about the kid I went to school with? Probably. His thumb went like, was like that. It was fucking disgusting. Her whole family has Hitcher's thumbs. Really? All disgusting. Bunch of gross East Coasters. <laughs> disgusting <laughs> Philadelphians. We drove past this place. It was called PA Fitness. Not LA Fitness, mind you. PA Fitness. I was like, what the hell is that? You just eat cheesesteaks and huck batteries at people? <laughs> uh, got him. <laughs> <laughs> okay um anyway so before we get things started want to talk about our grave diggers over on patreon these lovely folks who some are maybe watching us now no Pro- nobody. probably not nobody <laughs> but they have the ability to they could if they wanted um uh yeah they uh help support our show financially um we don't have an expensive show but it does cost money um we have to pay for our website and hosting fees and sitch um and these people really help out those lovely folks are jordan morrison kevin trent carlos rodella gory b movie aaron meyer max zaleski bob Voorhees, and kevin nesgoda thank you so much guys from the bottom of our cold dead hearts uh for the support uh and undying love and your fealty to us You've sworn eternal allegiance. Your your pledge of allegiance to the grave plot. You swore a blood oath. On which it stands. One nation under Satan. Under Bob. Bob. No, Bob is under us. We roll (laughs) we run Bob. He gives us money. (laughs) Fuck you, pay me. Uh Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the club, where can they go? Uh if you want to make sure that we don't have to do ad reads about shaving our balls and stuff. Then, uh, <laughs> dude, every podcast now, every podcast I listen to is like, here's, could you go check out the lawnmower from Manscaped and shave your balls. I'm like, I don't want to hear about Tony Schiavone's balls. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what's funny is like so many of those uh, things that are like geared for shaving your crotch, it's always like, like oh, uh, you know, here's a cute little commercial about, you know, shaving a, you know, an actual bush, like. You know, hedge oh, yeah, trimming yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, manscape always talking about like shaving or, you know, taking care of your eggs and just like these entendres and stuff. Uh, the other day we were watching TV and there was this razor is geared for women. Uh, it actually said shave your pubic hair. Like, like, and then at the you end, you can't say that on TV. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, that's kind of what I would expect a lot of advertisers to just do because that's what it's for, right? Instead of making all these, like I said, entendres. But um, I'd like to double her entendre. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then at the end of the. Yep. <laughs> Here, dude. <it is. laughs> um, yeah, the end of the commercial, it just said, you know, I didn't, I didn't catch exactly what the entire. Um, you know, graphic said, but just in big bold letters, pubic hair. It's like, well, that might be one of the first times I've seen pubic hair written out on screen. Bushbuster five thousand. It was just, it was just a like a stick razor. I mean, it was nothing special about it, but apparently, it's good for shaving your pubes. <laughs> All right. Well, if you never want to hear us talk about shaving pubes again, head over to patreoncom <laughs> podcast Join the crew for as little as one dollar. Uh, if you pay up to $5 a month, 
you can, like Tony said, join us on. Uh, we're on Discord now. We'll see how how well this works, but you can join us live for horror business. Contribute your own little stupid quips. Oh, it says send your first message. They said I thought it said send your first sausage. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. What just, does that mean? They, they partnered with uh, Jimmy Dean. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so, uh, for 30 bucks a month, we'll send you a free sausage. <laughs> don't make promises we can't keep. Okay, maybe, maybe if that works, I don't know. Sausage doesn't cost 30 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll even sign it. We'll put our signature. How are we going to sign a sausage? <laughs> well, we get a pen and we sign it. <laughs> for 50 bucks, I'll lick it. <laughs> For a hundred bucks, I will get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass, <laughs> and that's a shoot. What? That's a shoot. A shoot? Yeah, like like it, that's true. Ah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so that's it. We're gonna move on with the show now. Yep. Somehow, horror business. <laughs> Weird meandering episode. It is. Jesus. Maybe it's because it's late in the day. Could be. Because they, we haven't done it in a month. Yeah, we're a little little rusty. I'm gonna shake my rusty cage. Shave your rusty cage. Shake. <laughs> is that a are we back on Manscaped? I was gonna say, is that like a code for your for your butthole or something. <laughs> That's rusty trombone. That's when you put your mouth on it. <laughs> uh, Starting out in real world horror. I don't know how much of that make, made the episode. But All of it. The whole thing. Uh, let's see. So, uh, you know. This is, just, this is kind of a stinker. Just warn you right now. Good. <laughs> I'm happy to talk about it. Um, so you know, you've seen the thing, John Carpenter, classic film. Sure. Kurt Russell vehicle. Sure. Vehicle. Um great movie. Great, great movie. Great fucking movie. And it's you know, it's kinda all about like how far should science go, you know? We're science. We're all about can we, not should we. Right. Um <clears throat> Well, you know, the 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 digs and the research missions that go on in, in our Antarctica are real. They actually do that kind of shit. To this day, as far as we know, they've never actually discovered an alien life form. But now, British uh, scientists working in Antarctica have discovered underneath the surface of Antarctica or the ice in Antarctica. Life forms that quote shouldn't be there. Hmm. Taylor, Taylor, they shouldn't be there. Well, that's curious. Well, that's peculiar. Um, yeah. So they were discovered by uh, British Antarctic Survey scientists uh, as they were drilling on the Filchner Ronnie Ice Shelf, which is more than twenty nine thousand. No, 
2,950 feet. Ah! Uh, I gotta get it together. 2,950. Get it together. Get it together. Get Nobody it together. says that. Huh? Nobody says 2,950. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 2,950 feet there thick. There you go. Thick. Thick. T H I C C. Yeah, two C's. <laughs> uh, thick. Uh, which is in northwestern Antarctica. How do they even dick decide that? It, the Antarctica is on the South Pole. It covers the entire bottom of the planet. How do they decide which side is northwest? Well, yeah, if it's if it's like this in the north, how could it, which way is north? How do you know? Pretty much, if you stand on the South Pole, everything's north. Everything is north, and also east, and also west, and also south. Right. Somehow. They don't understand. I don't think they understand either. They're talking out of their ass. This never happened. <laughs> this is all a conspiracy. <laughs> uh, the team lowered a camera into the ice shelf hole, deep into the hole, put cameras in their hole. Like this? It was one of these guys? <laughs> yeah, one of the little guys. Um, they basically just took a proctologist camera and just <laughs> shoved it down in there. They put it in to uh, see what lay beneath and filmed organisms clinging to a boulder. The first time they've seen such life forms that have been recorded beneath Antarctica's ice sheets. It's a place where, essentially, we didn't expect this kind of community to live at all. Griffiths told Live Science. Griffiths is probably some kind of scientist. (laughs) You'd think. (laughs) But unfortunately, we don't have that information in front of us here. Taylor. That's shoddy journalism by wherever I got the story from. <laughs> uh, this is showing us that life is more resilient and more robust than we ever could have expected if it can put up with these conditions. Oh, I remember this guy's his first name is Hugh, but it's H U W. Hugh Griffiths. That was the most psych thing we've ever done. <laughs> like, as we were doing that, I'm just picturing Sean and Gus just going, hey. Um, So, I mean, it's kind of like the thing, except not as cool. He's a biogeographer and lead author, Dr. <laughs> of British Antarctic Survey. Uh, that's how we get our laughs making fun of uh, people's names <laughs> um, yeah I mean like I'll bet this is like fucking groundbreaking and like amazing scientific find for these guys they're probably they probably Cracked a little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. But um, as far as, like, if it's not, like, sh- shape-shifting into people on the base, then I just don't care. But it could be. Like, it's a microorganism right now, but what if it were to grow? That's basically real world horror. Is like, what is us just going, well, here's a stupid story, but what if? <laughs> what if it was a lot more interesting? <laughs> Imagine that. What if? These organisms, like, what if they go in people's bodies and then they take over their bodies, like in the thing? That's not what happened. It's kind of what happened. 
it's similar to what happened. That's more like uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's, it, I, it could be that too. Yeah. Yeah, that. That's what I meant. <laughs> Science. So Hui says, uh, what are they? Hui Lewis. He says, what are they eating? How long have they been there? How common are these boulders covered in life? Are these the same species as we see outside this ice shelf? Or are they new species? And what would happen to these communities if the ice shelf collapsed? I don't know, Hugh. You're the scientist. Why are you asking me all these questions? (laughs) You fucking tell me, Hugh. (laughs) Hua. Have we... Are you just guessing that's how his name is said? Yes. Okay. What if his name actually is... (laughs) Hello. It's like how, but with a U. Hue. Hue. We're going to get sued. For what? I don't know. Some kind of slander. Making fun of his stupid name. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. That's enough of that. We've talked before about The Last of Us, the, the video game that is getting an adaptation for HBO. HBO. <laughs> uh, we've done a little bit of fantasy casting of our own, but no fan- fantasize no more because the main characters of Joel your and fantasies Ellie, are irrelevant. Your fantasies are about to come true on Fantasy Island. Yep. You're supposed to say the plane. You're my, you're my tattoo. <laughs> Since when am I tattoo? Because I am Hugo Chavez. What? You mean Ricardo Montalban? Yes. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Game of Thrones actress Bella Ramsey has been cast as Ellie, who, for those of you who haven't played the game, is a teenager who may be key to a cure for a deadly pandemic. I think we should find her right now, then. Yeah, I mean, she could be useful. Yeah. (laughs) Let's uh, drain her blood and, I don't know. Drink it? Start <laughs> injecting it into ourselves. <laughs> I mean, good work. The greater good, right? <laughs> uh, Ramsey will be joined by her Game of Thrones co-star and the Mandalorian himself, Pedro Pascal. Does you mean Pablo? Pablo. Taylor? Pedro Pascal, or Pablo, as he likes to be called. As Taylor likes to call him. (laughs) Uh, Pascal will play the lead role of Joel, a hardened survivor who is hired to smuggle Ellie, a 14-year-old girl, out of an oppressive quarantine zone. What starts as a small job soon becomes a brutal, heartbreaking journey as they both must traverse across the U.S. and depend on each other for survival. Uh, I've never watched Game of Thrones, so I don't really know Bella Ramsey, but um, I like Pedro Pascal. Everything I've seen him in, he's been pretty good. Um, I mean, Mandalorian, he's he's good. Um, I have not seen Wonder Woman, which I think is his other most recent, you know, big credit. Um, but uh, you know, he was in like uh, the second Kingsman movie. Um, yeah, he, he's he's a good actor. He's he's very dynamic. I think. Um, and honestly, I don't think I ever would have. 
put him in that role. No. But now that he now that he's cast, I'm like, oh yeah, that could work. I wonder if he's gonna grow a beard. I would hope so. You know, I think the only thing I've actually seen him in was a table read of community. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember who he played though. He played um Walter Goggins character. He was uh um <sighs> fuck. Cherry Chase's character. Pierce. Pierce. He was, oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was Pierce's like executor or something. Yeah. He gave him all the canisters of sperm. <laughs> right. Sperm. Also sperm. <laughs> so sperm. Uh, Pascal's Joel, tormented by past trauma and failure, must trek across a pandemic-ravaged America, all the while protecting a girl who represents the last hope of humanity. Yep. I don't know if now's the time for this. <laughs> Read the room. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly... Or is now exactly the time for this? I, I mean... It's hard to say, I guess. But, I mean, the 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 world that is presented in uh, Last of Us is very much different than the world we live in currently. <laughs> Um, you know, people aren't turning into like zombie things yet. Yet. Um. Ooh, that was not good. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um. Yeah, I know that is the second game out yet. I don't know. I know that was like uh, on the horizon, but I mean they've been they've been working on this for a while, um, and you know they're trying to make a movie, and then they were going to make a TV series, I believe, and then I think HBO picked up the rights, and now is this is this a, yeah, this is a TV show, um, or a you know a uh, episodic presentation, um. Hey, so this has been going on for a while, probably pre-pandemic. So yeah, um, you know, you got to keep that ball rolling before people lose interest. It's true. So there's that. Yeah. Um, this is Kant- Kantemir Balagov of Beanpole will direct the pilot. Uh, game creator and writer Neil Druckmann is on board to co-write and produce. Craig Mazin of Chernobyl is developing the series for HBO and will be working with Druckmann to write and executive produce the adaptation. Chernobyl had a pretty good, um, or I mean, the, the, the feel of Chernobyl, I think, would fit well with Last of Us if they could kind of recapture that kind of dark and kind of dingy, uncomfortable feeling that Chernobyl created. I think it would it fit well for, for the show. So provided that's what they're going for in hiring uh, Mason, Mason. Um, then I think they're probably on track. And so far, I mean, like I said, I don't know Bella Ramsey, but Pedro Pascal, I think, is a good choice. Um, so they seem to be on the right course for, for things. And you won't have to work with Gina Carano anymore. 
Right. Not that he would have to anyways. You know, the, everybody's so up in arms about that, you know, saying, oh, she got fired, she got fired. And, you know, both sides are saying that she got fired. And, you know, either, you know, one side is celebrating it, the other side is lamenting it and saying that she was part of this cancel culture or whatever. But it's like the way I understood it is that she was not on contract with Disney. And that Disney was saying, we're not firing her, we just won't be renewing her contract in the in the future. Well, yeah, the, the statement that Disney put out never used the word fired or let go or anything of that type. It was, she is not currently part of the Mandalorian universe or whatever they said, and have we have no plans to work with her in the future. It was something along those lines. Yeah, and the way I interpreted that, and maybe I'm wrong, was that she was not on contract. Maybe her contract had expired with the last season. And that... You know, maybe they were planning to rehire or, you know, sign a new contract with her. Um, and now they're not. So it's like you can't fire somebody who doesn't work for you. Right. <laughs> All you could do is opt to not hire them. Yeah. So people just need to chill. She sucks, and that's really all, that's all there is to it. She's making a movie with Ben Shapiro, which I'm sure will be amazing. Oh, that's going to be a blockbuster. I love how instead of... Ed, I actually saw somebody else make this point, which I thought was funny. It was like, when all, this, all this, when all this happened, I think I told you that I think it's funny that instead of just saying, hey, you know what? I was wrong. I apologize. Even if you don't mean it, you make it seem sincere. Yeah. Instead, they're just doubling down and saying, no, I was right. You're wrong. Yeah. And here's why I'm awful. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean... She she never like disputed the events. She never said, you know, it w- my message was misconstrued. Yeah, she just doubled down and was just like, whatever, fuck you. <laughs> anyway. She wasn't a good actress anyway. I remember when I saw her in Deadpool, I'm just like, why is she in this? She's like bringing this whole movie down. <laughs> I remember when she was an American Gladiator. Was she? Yeah. Crush, I think was her name. Mm. Well, good riddance. (laughs) And Last of Us, coming soon or something. Coming soon. Yep. You know what is coming? Me? It's coming. It's coming and coming. Always coming. Do you remember the, the Rob Schneider bit on SNL where he was the guy who just randomly ejaculated? Vaguely. <laughs> oh, the 90s. Uh, uh, no, what is coming is Wednesday brought to you by or brought to you from brought to you by Tim Burton. Um it's about the Grave Plot podcast because that's when our episodes come out. Yep. Finally, we're finally getting our Netflix show. <laughs> it's about fucking time. That we've been wanting but not actually pursuing in any way. Hey, you know what? They gave Mark Marin a show based on his podcast. So that's true. what the hell? Yeah. Are you telling us we're not as funny as Mark Marin? I'm not telling you that. That's right. That's right you're not.
because you'd be lying. I don't know what our show would be. <laughs> I, th- I th- we think we've discussed this before, and it would be very similar to Holliston. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> um, which lasted two seasons. Um, it might have lasted longer if Fearnet lasted longer. Possibly. But, you know, how much opportunity have they had to make a third season in the, what, 10 years that it's been off the air? Well, yeah, I'm... I was surprised that Shudder picked up the first two seasons but didn't make any kind of effort to do a third. I just kind of assumed they would. Yeah. But no. Of course, that was still when Shudder was just kind of in its infancy. It's, it's grown a lot since then, I think. Didn't Hollison just recently come to Shudder? Did it? I want to say it was like last year. Hmm. Of course, last year lasted four and a half years, so... <laughs> Well, you know, it's like they, you know, Green and Lynch, they have the Movie Crypt podcast, um, which, you know, to their credit, inspired us a lot to start this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, they've been doing it for longer than us. So, like, what, probably about a year, maybe two longer than us. Mm, Yeah, probably. So I got to say, they're probably like one of the more long-running podcast because we're pretty a pretty long-running podcast at this point like more than more than a a lot of podcasts out there yeah even like more popular ones (sighs) which except for joe rogan (laughs) uh which doesn't say much about us but um yeah i mean they, they bounced around they were on their own or they just had their own podcast on like you know just streaming on like itunes and stuff and then they bounced over to Geek Nation, which was great because it started kind of giving them a, 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 a foothold, you know, a home. Um, but then did Geek Nation go under? I don't know. Because they moved off of there, and then f- they moved to Fangoria, or their podcast network, and that whole Cinestate thing happened, so they dropped out. And instead of, you know, saying, okay, well, we'll just go back to putting the podcast on iTunes... You know, just the regular streaming services. Uh, they instead put it on Patreon only. Oh, what? Yeah, but I think now they're on. Still says on Fangoria, or did they go back to Fangoria? It says Fangoria. I don't know if that's accurate. Hmm. They could have just not known how to change it. Well, regardless. Oh, public version. So they, okay, so maybe I misunderstood. Maybe they're doing like a, you know, a, well, public version and then something extra for their patrons. Who knows? Hmm. I know a long time ago they started doing where, you know, they have guests on and they take um, questions from their Twitter followers. Yeah. And they switch that to patrons only. Hmm. So that was kind of a bummer. Anyway. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about. That was one thing. Since the first day we started Patreon, we we always said we will not take away anything that we've been giving people. Right. Yeah, and that's something we always kind of begrudge them for doing. Yeah. Just like, you know what? It's a, it's a little bait and switch. Yeah, you know, people like us are the reason that they got so popular. And not saying it was you know exclusively us, but it's like, you know, we did that because we liked listening to the show. And because you were you liked making the show, and so you were giving you're putting something out in the world, providing it for people to listen to, and we were receptive and listening to it. 
And it's like, you know, if we could contribute a dollar here, a dollar there, contribute to your fundraiser for Yorkie Rescue, whatever, great. But then you start taking stuff away and making it, you know, uh, patron only or, you know, subscriber only. Yeah. We've always tried to focus on adding new content instead of just taking existing content and being like, oh, this is behind a paywall now. Yeah, it's like here. Right now, we're streaming video to our patrons on horror business. That's a new thing. We always did horror business, but now we're providing video horror business for our patrons. Right. It's extra. Um, anyway. Anyway, Wednesday, <laughs> coming to Netflix. We got Not actually about us in any way. Uh, but we have to make everything about us. Yes. The series will follow beloved the beloved Adams Family character Wednesday. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was going to be Cousin It. You know, the way. Um, and it's uh, going to be kind of a spooking coming, spooky coming of age show uh, featuring eight episodes, uh, which have all been ordered in advance by Netflix. Wednesday is described as a sleuthing, supernaturally infused mystery charting Wednesday Adams years at a, as a student at Nevermore Academy. It's said to follow Wednesday's attempts to master her emerging psychic ability. Wait. Hold on. What? Wait. <laughs> what? What is this? What is this Nevermore Academy? And what is this psychic ability? Since when did Wednesday have psychic abilities? Never. She never had a psychic, psychic abilities. Oh, I don't like where this is going. Uh, did, we, did, did, did you mention who's behind this? I think I said Tim Burton. Oh. Well, if you didn't, you did now. It's Tim Burton. It's Tim Burton, guys. We talked about this before, I think, that he was getting involved in the Adams Family. Yeah, he was talking about a live-action Adams Family, but it would, we didn't have all these specifics. Yeah, so I guess this is it. Uh, and, you know, frankly, this sounds a lot like uh, the Sabrina show that's in its last season. A little bit. Um, and, you know, the thing about... So it sounds like sh in this show... Wednesday goes to some kind of creepy, kooky, mysterious, and spooky school uh, called the Nevermore Academy, apparently. But that was kind of the thing about the Adams family, is that they were weirdos that lived in a normal world. Yeah. So now you're basically just compounding the weird with more weird. And now you're giving her psychic abilities? It's like, what? What? I mean, I honestly, I never read the Charles Adams like comics. Sure, I watched the TV show and I watched the movies. Yeah. So whether or not Wednesday in those comic strips had psychic abilities, I couldn't say. And if that's the case, then I'll eat my words. But the Wednesday that I know from the TV shows, from well, yeah, TV shows and movies, never had any psychic abilities. So I don't know why they're. Doing that now. And okay, so she's attempting to master her emerging, emerging psychic abilities to thwart a monstrous killing spree that has terrorized the local town and solve supernatural, a supernatural mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago, all while navigating her new and very tangled relationships. This, what is the supernatural mystery? It, why? Adam's family was always supposed to be very lighthearted and goofy. Yeah. Uh, with, you know, a, kind of a twist of like horror and, you know, thriller, suspense. 
elements. Supposed to be creepy and ooky. Yeah. Throw, throwing in a monstrous killing spree? I think you're thinking about a different show, bud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is, that, is that like a killing spree by a monster? I don't know. And you know, the thing about the Adams family, or another thing about the Adams family, is that it was never supernatural. So That's much. what I was thinking. I mean, you had like Thing, which could be considered supernatural. And you had like Lurch, who was kind of like this ghoul, but never really, you know, outwardly supernatural. Yeah. Um, and then you had, uh, um, you know, like Cousin It. It just could be a guy covered in hair. Who knows? <laughs> right. But the, like, there's nothing supernatural about the Adams family. They're just weird and macabre. Yeah. yeah. Um. I don't know. And I mean, they have like a, a rug that growls and stuff like that. But <laughs> just little things, little quirks. Right. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I like where this is going. I don't think I do. And you know, it's got Alfred Go. And Miles Millar, who are involved with Smallville, um, they're writing and show running, I assume, respectively. Um, and uh, or they might both be doing both. I don't know. Could be, but you know, it that makes me think this is going to be like going to have a very CW feel, like Sabrina. Yeah. Um, or like Riverdale or something. Yeah. Well, I mean. Same people, yeah, the same people, and they were they were kind of vaguely connected, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. This I don't not really keen on this vision uh, of, of the show uh, or the character. I mean, if you're if you don't, if you if you can't use that idea of of the Adams family and and Wednesday specifically. Um, while staying true to the source material, um, but you know, and and if you if you feel like you can't make it interesting doing that, then don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> don't fucking completely change it. Don't turn Wednesday into Carrie or something, right? I don't know. I mean, th- this is very little to go on, and maybe we're overreacting, but I don't know. I I sp- kind of grew up specifically with the Adams Family movies. Um, and you know, to a lesser extent, the TV show. So I'm a little sensitive about it, I guess. And you know, when I heard the news about Tim Burton being involved, like that seems like hand in hand, right? I mean, the 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 you know, Raul Julia, the Steven Sonnenberg movies, um, had a very Tim Burton. Esque feel to them, certainly, yeah. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Like I said, there's very little to go on at this point. We'll probably hear more as time goes on. I love how many people are like, they should cast Christina Ricci again. And it's like, did you miss the part where it says coming of age? Right. And the fact that she's like in her 40s, right? <laughs> Maybe I actually don't know how old she is. She's probably close to 40, if not already. Yeah, she's around our age, if not a little older. Yeah. Probably closer to you because you're fucking like old, <laughs> old 
balls. It's gross. <laughs> Old fat grandpa man. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Wednesday coming to Netflix at some point. 41. 41. So yeah, pretty close. Pretty close to you. <laughs> Uh, it's fun. We're ending this show before I turn 40. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Even if it's the date before my fucking birthday, I'm just, we're done. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm too old for this shit. Man, I watched uh, all the Lethal Weapon movies recently, and they, they, they hold up. They're always good. <laughs> it's always fun to watch them. All right. All right. Let's talk about something else. Can we move on now? Yeah, we can. (laughs) So, Tony. Yeah, Taylor. How did you spend your pandemic? Uh, well, in my house, mostly. Doing nothing? Yeah, pretty much. Working from home? Yeah. Yeah? Well, Neil Blomkamp, he went out and he made a fucking movie. (laughs) Well, fuck me. (laughs) Uh, But he didn't tell anybody, because they probably would have shut him down. (laughs) I always see these, like, indie wrestling shows and stuff, and it's like, from an undisclosed location in Indianapolis, and I'm like... Yeah, that's because you know you'll get shut down. <laughs> um, that's, I was making a lot of noise in my headphones. That's you. You're making a lot of noise in your headphones. Oh, that's just my voice. Uh, well, Neil Blomkamp, like I said, secretly filmed a new horror movie shot entirely in British Columbia. It is a supernatural horror movie called Demonic. Uh, Screen Daily has learned that the feature has been titled Demonic, <laughs> as I said. Uh, it will be screened by AGC Studios. You mean the film Demonic? <laughs> film Sunset Dreams. <laughs> um, at the forthcoming virtual edition of the EFM, which is, of course, the Something Frontiers Market, yep. which is where people buy and sell movies. It is. I, just, I, I only know that because Luchagor went there. And that was, that was the first time I'd heard of it. Isn't that where... Um, didn't uh, Silas and Bry go there to sell the Reach? Yeah, but that was after Luchacore went there. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know who AGC Studios is. That's a new one to me. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Um, <clears throat> we really don't know anything about this, but Deadline referred to it as a supernatural horror movie with a strong sci-fi and visual effects component. Which, I mean, yeah, it's Neil Blomkamp. Right. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> Neil Blomkamp, of course, is uh, responsible for um, District 9 mm-hmm. and others. He tried to make his own alien movie for a long time, and they were like, no. <laughs> no, we're going to let Ridley Scott do it again and ruin the entire franchise. <laughs> yep. Idiots. That's why they went out of business. <laughs> got him yeah you nailed him so hard they just got a 50 billion dollar check from <laughs> a mouse their money <laughs> and i'm recording a fucking podcast and nobody listens to 
If you're like, yeah, hey, I get like 12 bucks a month from Patreon, so. <laughs> so suck it, Fox. <laughs> I'm living pretty large right now. I'll show you Ridley. <laughs> you're so cool because you made Gladiator. Wasn't that Tony Scott? Doesn't matter. I think Ridley Scott produced it or something. He was he was involved somehow. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I'm I'm Pat. I'm I'm vamping because this story is very thin. Yeah, there's not much here. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ridley Scott, man, seriously, he fucked up the the Alien franchise. Um, you know, a lot of people will swear up and down that the first movie is the best one, and it's not. Like maybe the most horror oriented one. Horror. 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 <laughs> but as far as like actual um, quality of film. The, the other night we were on a, a, a group Zoom with her family. Mm-hmm. And she said... A, gr- do, groom? She, a groom? That's what they call them, yeah. <laughs> and she said, how do you guys... Like, what's the type of movies that Taylor likes? And both her sisters are like, horror? And her mom's like, horror. I'm like, okay, so that's where you get it. <laughs> but how did both your sisters get normal? <laughs> normal. <laughs> They say orange right, too. <laughs> Were they stuck on the East Coast as long as she was? Yeah. I don't get it, then. <laughs> well, it's like... I mean, one of them's never left Pennsylvania. I mean, she's left Pennsylvania, but not, like, lived anywhere else. Oh, really? Huh. I thought they both lived out of state at this point. Nope. Anyway. Anyway, Blomkamp. 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 The revolting Blom Camp. <laughs> yeah, his concept for that alien movie though was uh sounded pretty good. And I really wish they would have made it. Yeah. Cause they were uh I think they're gonna like basically retcon Aliens Three or Alien Three, which was dog shit. <laughs> um and just focus solely on Alien versus Predator. Right. <laughs> What I find interesting about this one that we're actually supposed to be talking about, um, it, it's called demonic. So, like, my mind immediately goes to like possession. Yeah. So I'm having a hard time picturing a possession movie with a sci-fi component. I mean, yeah. I guess maybe if it's on a spaceship or something. <laughs> That's sci-fi, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know. Um, I mean, I think of like stuff like um, Event Horizon. Yeah, kind of like that, or you know, things that are like like uh, kind of Lovecraft in nature, where there's a lot of like technology intermixed with like old religion and, and faiths, and you know, the 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 elder gods and you know things like that. Yeah, or the elder gods or old gods, the old ones, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Max, who cares? Whatever. Who cares? Lovecraft's a racist. <laughs> um, so, I mean, maybe something like that. Um, I don't that, That's the best I can do. Well, only one thing left to do now. Let's see.
So this next story is subject to change, but J.J. Abrams is currently developing a show for HBO Max called Subject to Change. See what I did there? I see it. That name is subject to change, possibly. Because it is literally subject to change. (laughs) You you got it. You got it, man. Yeah, I got it. Uh, The series is being described as a harrowing mind and reality-bending adventure. The drama follows a desperate desperate college student who signs up for a clinical trial that begins a wild, harrowing mind and reality-bending adventure. That's what we just said. (laughs) Okay, so... Yeah, it's being described as that because that's how somebody described it. (laughs) Thank you, Taylor. You did this to me on purpose. I wanted to make you look foolish. I'll make him read the same thing twice. Yeah, like I need your help with that. What an idiot. Abrams will pen the script and executive produce alongside showrunner Jennifer Yale. Abrams Uh, will pen the mind-bending, harrowing script. And reality bending, don't don't forget that. Uh, Jennifer Yale uh, is known for her work on Legion, Outlander, and Underground. Outlander. Um, yep. Abrams said in a statement, "It's been incredible fun weaving this rather insane yarn with Jen. It's rather insane, harrowing mind and reality bending yarn." <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Uh, and I am grateful to her and everyone at HBO Max for the opportunity to bring this story to life. Bring this harrowing, mind-bending, and reality-bending story to life. Why it is called Subject to Change, I don't know. But as soon as I find out, that is Subject to Change. Yep. Subject. Subject is to change. Harrowing. Mind-bending. As soon as I have a harrowing, mind-bending, and alter reality... It's reality-bending, so it's bending reality until reality is subject to change. It's bending the reality of your mind (laughs) into changing the reality of of, of bends. Of of harrow. (laughs) Oh, man. I'd say my mind's been bended right now. Bended? Bended. (laughs) Bent. Bended's a word. Is it? Just not used correctly. (laughs) Yeah, like you're on bended knee. Like boys to men. I'm down on bended knee. Yep. You know, you know that song. Yeah. You fucking dance to that song all the time. Yeah. (laughs) End of the road. No, it's a different song. Oh, no diggity. (laughs) Also a different song and a different group. (laughs) Did you see the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire question? The people have been posting memes of, and it was like, what was uh, Blackstreet's hit song? And it was like, no diggity, some diggity, a little bit of diggity. <laughs> and people are like, this is now how I will measure everything in my life. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, get yeah. ready to have your mind and reality bended. Bent. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no release date yet, but that, that is, is subject, subject to change. change. <laughs> oh, we're idiots. 
All right, so most of you probably know Brittany Snow from Pitch Perfect. Uh, she had this short-lived show for a while where she like was reconnecting with the long-lost sister or something. Oh, her, yeah. Her dad had like a second family or something something along those lines. Did that not happen? I mean, I, I mean, it was on for a while. I don't think it's still on as far as I know. Yeah. I could that, be wrong. That was like a remake of a British of a British show. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what some of you may not know is that Britney Snow first kind of dipped her toes in the acting game with movies like Prom Night and The Violent Kind. And others. Movies that could be considered horror. <laughs> <laughs> and now Miss Snow is returning to the genre with the film X. This is coming from Ty West. Oh boy. Best known for The House of the Devil, The Innkeepers, The Sacrament, and VHS. So one movie that was kind of good. Sacrament? Yep. Yeah. The others, not so much. A lot of people like House of the Devil, and I don't know why. I don't get it. I, don't, I understand the movie. I don't give why people like it. Yeah, no, I went back and watched it again because everyone was like, no, it was good. And I'm like, no, it's still not, though. <laughs> it, like, just because it's made like a movie from the early 80s doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> like, literally nothing happens for the longest time. Whoa. For the for? longest time. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, going like to throw in, like, nothing happens for the longest time. Yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's what that song is about. He made that song about House of the Devil. <laughs> 30 years before it came out. Um, Snow will star in X alongside Mia Goth, Scott Mascuti, better known as Kid Cudi, uh, and, oh. and Jenna Ortega of Scream, which I think that's, I think that's the Scream TV show. Uh, the project is being co-financed by A24 because of course it is. Uh, and Braun, which is not LeBron James. That was my first assumption. <laughs> uh, it's prepping to shoot in New Zealand because New Zealand doesn't have COVID. Right. But you know, like, when like at all, like there are zero cases of COVID in New Zealand. Right yeah, now. they had one that like popped up and they're like, oh, we'll take care of that. And then it's gone again. And they're like, hey, you quarantine. And the guy's like, okay. And then, okay. And then, it, then it was over. That yeah. was it. He wasn't like, no, fuck you, my freedoms. <laughs> Well, I mean, you also have to take into account the fact that uh, New Zealand has, like, the population of one of our states. Well, yes. And also people don't really go there all that often. But also, which one of our states has no COVID cases? None. Exactly. Not even Rhode Island that has a population of 17 people. Yeah. I mean, like, Hawaii did pretty well there for a while, I think. Also an island. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's an island. And why is Rhode Island... Called Rhode Island. It's not an island. I don't know. It's also not a road. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> the peanut is neither a pea nor a nut. Oh, wait, it is a nut. It's a legume. Uh, Ty West wrote the script and is directing. Uh, details are being kept in the dark, but it's said to be about the making of an adult film. Ow! <laughs> That's my porno music. <laughs> I'll bet you anything Mia Goth's going to take her top off because I think she does that in like pretty much every movie. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they don't ask her to, she'll just do it. She just shows up with no shirt, with no shirt on. Ty West is just like, Mia, can you please put a shirt on? 
You really don't need that right now. We're in a church. <laughs> this is a scene's in a church. Fine. That's that's what me God sounds like. <laughs> she's uh she's I think suing Shia LaBeouf. No? Yeah, because I think he like beat her up. Apparently he did that a, a lot. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> Who would have thought Lewis Stevens would be a woman beater? Who would have thought the little mascot from Freaks and Geeks, the Norseman? He was in that? Yep, for one episode. Huh. He played the, the guy in the Norseman suit that got hurt. And so Sam, we just rewatched it. Yeah, okay. So Sam had to take over to impress Cindy Sanders. Oh. There you go. But then he didn't want to do it because he, because uh, Cindy Sanders started dating Todd, the captain of the basketball team. As they do. So Neil Schweiber, um, he got in the suit. Got it. Sam Sam Levine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> or Nate Schweiber, as Cindy Sanders always called him. And he's like, Schweiber. <laughs> I fucking love that show. I know you do. It's so good. I've watched it like once. And so like when you talk about it, like I'm trying to recall like my vague memory of the time I watched it one time. It's on Hulu. You should watch it. I, I would watch it again. It's just like I'm not super into it like you are. But you should be because it's awesome. Oh, well. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Sometimes I watch it and I'm like, oh, right. Not everything Paul Feig makes is garbage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he made uh, Undeclared. That was pretty good. Yeah. Which is kind of like a modern version. Yeah, it's it's it feels like a spinoff of Freaks and Geeks, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. Like it from what I remember to Freaks and Geeks when I was watching Undeclared, it was very similar in feel. And, you know, like it takes place in in a current day, um, in college. Yeah, but characters are very similar. Plot was very similar. And the feel and tone and everything were very similar. Right. And then, of course, there was the rest of development. But then he started making movies with... He did a bunch of Office episodes, too. That's true. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, whatever we're talking about. Keep an eye out (laughs) for X with Mia Goth's boobs. Probably. Probably. And it's a Ty West movie, so nothing's going to happen for 45 minutes. <laughs> right. And then suddenly everything happens in five minutes. Yep. And then it's over. Right. And people will say it's amazing. I don't know. Maybe we're stupid. I don't know. <laughs> we're probably stupid. <laughs> anyway, maybe this will change our appointment or our uh, uh, opinion. Appointment. Opinion. Of Ty West, who knows? I mean, we, like you said, we both did like the sacrament, so yeah. maybe he's finding his footing. Our opinion of Ty West is subject to change. <laughs> anyway, it's callback, Taylor. That's no, I got it. That's horror business. That's it. We've reached the end. From here, ladies and gentlemen, we go on to our film reviews. All right, boys and girls, uh, we have two movies to talk about. Um, Both brand new. Yeah. And aside from that, 
nothing to do with each other. No. Wildly different. Not even a little. Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Let's start with St. Maud. Dear God, your presence graces the air, and soon everyone will see. Hi, are you Maud? Yes, hi. It takes nothing special to mop up after the dying. You're prettier than the last one. But to save a soul, that's quite something. Bless Amanda's body and bless her mind, which is shrouded in darkness. When you pray, do you get a response? Oh, it's like he's physically in me. It's how he guides me. My little savior. Hey, I thought that was you. What are you up to? I'm a private carer. You're still nursing? What? Well, they know what happened. All the good girls go to hell. Cause even got herself. I just want to see you loosen up. I've got more important things on my mind. <laughs> There's my little face. <laughs> Maud, he isn't real. <laughs> Nothing worthwhile comes easily. The good girls go to hell. <laughs> turn to ignore you. Don't say I didn't want you. You must be the loneliest girl I've ever seen. I'm ready and open. I feel fuller of your love than ever before. Responsibility. Oh, yes, of course. This is life and death on another level. What if I'm getting it all wrong? All the good girls go to hell. It's a name you don't really hear anymore. Maud. Maud. Yeah. Hey, Maud. How much did you win at Bunko the other night? <laughs> what do you think of Mabel? <laughs> uh, so, St. Maud. This is one actually uh, has been trying to get released for for the longest time. Uh, it was a callback. It's like we uh, did that earlier. But COVID has just been fucking everything up. It's been a real bitch. This just recently launched exclusively on Epics. Heard of Epics? Nope. <laughs> yeah, maybe you haven't. A lot of people <laughs> probably haven't. Uh, but I'll tell you this. If you have Amazon Prime, you can get a seven-day free trial of Epics. Yeah, watch it. Which is just enough time to watch this movie. Yep. So this movie opens with we see a nurse, and she's in the corner of a room, and she's got her hands are covered in blood, and she seems very distraught. And we see a patient over on the table, deadsies yeah and a weird like it's kind of dark so it's really hard to get it's a fucking dark fucking dark um i mean the room is poorly lit and it's like hard to tell exactly what's going on and it just can't it kind of looks like this person's in like some weird distorted position yeah uh fast forward and we're introduced to maud who is a uh, hospice nurse, a home, home 
home carer, she calls herself, which I don't think is a word I'd ever heard before, but. Yeah, I mean, hospice nurse, caregiver. Yeah. Home care aide. One of those. Uh, this is She is the nurse from the beginning, but we still don't really know what happened in that in, that intro scene. But now we know that she has become a devout Roman Catholic. Which strikes me as so weird. Why is that? Uh, because when people are born again, they usually like default to like one of the Protestant faiths to like say, hey, I've never been religious before, but now I'm going to go whole hog and become Catholic. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a fair assertion. Um, but she's in England. She is herself English. She is in London town. She's from London town. Uh, but Which, she, of course, we know London, England, London. <laughs> Wait, London is two things? England is, in fact, in London. And London is in England. Yes. It's like an Inception type thing. Right. <laughs> it's like New York, New York. Right. New York, New York, New York. New York, America, New York. <laughs> right. Uh, the biggest little city in the world. What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> nothing. We're talking about absolutely nothing. But Maude is assigned to uh, take care of Amanda, who is an American living in London. It's not London. <laughs> it's yeah. a small sea town in London. In London. <laughs> in England, in London. Um, British people, if there are any listening, are probably like, God, God damn it. <laughs> Fucking Americans. <laughs> Remember when we had that one English listener? Yep. <laughs> it was like, listen to this like every episode and then just never again. I wonder if he still listens. I don't know. Our The place where we host our uh, stream or, where our, or like our MP3s and stuff, uh, it's like they've made it impossible for us to tell where people are coming from. So I think it has to do with uh, like European um, laws. Privacy laws and stuff. Yeah. The, with the, that's why they you have to do the cookie thing. Hmm? That's why you have to have the cookie thing. I like cookies. We, we just offered you a fuck cookie. I you said wa- no. I don't want a cookie. I just like them. <laughs> so Amanda has lymphoma of the spine. Uh, she's a former dancer, so that sucks. It's not good. Uh, also choreographer. She is stage four. So she's in a wheelchair. She's, you know... Circling the drain, as it were. Yeah, she doesn't look great. Yeah, her hair is pretty much all falling out. Um, she's got a, a huge scar down her back. Her feet are all blue and purple, and obviously she doesn't have feeling in it. And there's a part where Mod's poking her with a pen, and she's like, "You feel that? You feel that?" She gets has to get like halfway up her leg before she starts saying, "Yeah." Um, but they have a conversation uh, about God. And Maude basically says, you know, or Amanda sees the pendant that Maude is wearing. It's, she has a cross and then another, I think, a saint or something pendant. Mary Magdalene, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> and Mary Magdalene, for those of you who don't know, was a, was a prostitute who Jesus took a liking to. Jesus liked the prostitutes. Apparently. <laughs> um. But yeah, so Amanda asks her, and they start having a conversation. They start talking about God. And Amanda asks her, when you pray, do you hear a response? 
And Maja actually says yes. It's like, okay. <laughs> right. But she says, you know, most of the time I don't hear him. I just kind of feel him. And it's like if, he's a, if he approves of what I do, it's kind of a, a pulsing sensation or, or a, like a tingling. She doesn't really say what happens if he doesn't like it. I assume it's like a pain. Like a, when you got to take the poopy. Yeah. Like she just said, like God is disappointed. So she just gets explosive diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when I'm disappointed in myself, like or what I did the night before. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> if you're disappointed the night before, that usually does lead to explosive diarrhea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we call that the whiskey shits. <laughs> but so they, they pray together. And Maud kind of seems like she's getting off on it, just a bit. Like I, I think the tingling and the uh, the pulsing is a little uh, a little more than that. If you know what I mean, little little yeah. vibration, yeah. <laughs> a little wink wink nudge nudge. How do you do? Yeah. Down in there, Ooh. <laughs> and so they pray together. And Amanda's like, "Oh, I I feel it too." <laughs> you know, a little of that. Yep. Um, and so. Maud comes to the realization that she has been sent by God to save Amanda's soul. Not to save her body, but to save her, her eternal soul. Right. So she starts kind of interfering in Amanda's personal life. Amanda has this lover in the nighttime named Carol. That is she a prostitute? Because there was money exchanged. She's definitely paying her for sex. Whether or not she's a working girl... I couldn't tell. Sure, okay. Because she like invited her to like a party. Yeah. She, then Carol came to her birthday party, and she was like, Amanda like put her arm around her and acted like they were a couple. But yeah, you don't bring the hooker to your birthday party. Usually not. People unless you don't have any other friends, right? Just, just that would be really. Then it's sad. not a birthday party. It's just it's just you paying for sex. Yeah, it's just you and a hooker. <laughs> um, and if you try to feed a hooker dinner, that's just sad. <laughs> if you give a hook a cookie. <laughs> Um, yeah, Amanda has this big lavish birthday party and they all start making fun of Maud. Yep. Um, oh boy, how much of this movie can I talk about, Tony? Um, I mean, I think probably just suffice it to say that Maud has this, I mean, she has this previous life that she's kind of covered up. Like Maud's not her real name. Yeah, I mean, we we know she was the nurse from the beginning, and at one point she runs into uh, one of her former co-workers, whose name was Joy, according to Wikipedia. It, it sounded to me like they bounced back and forth between Joy and Joyce, but... Oh, uh, well, uh, Joy is actually a nickname for Joyce. Okay. My grandma's name was Joyce. People call Joyce? Joy. What? Joyce? Yeah, Joyce. <laughs> well, yeah, so she runs into Joy, and... Uh, you know, Joy kind of, she calls her Katie and just kind of, you know, talks about, hey, what happened before wasn't your fault. Yeah. And just kind of alludes to some stuff, but doesn't ever actually <clears throat> explain to us what happened. Uh, Maude gets fired because she slaps Amanda in the face because Amanda is making fun of her at the birthday party. Yeah. Calling her Saint Maud. Yeah. Like, like the movie. <laughs> she said it. Uh, yeah. Attacking her faith specifically and um some people is just like that's that's the thing that really sets them off is when you attack their faith 
I think uh, born agains tend to be more protective too. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's new to them, you know. It's, mm-hmm. So it's yeah. just like when you start dating somebody new, and even if they're awful, like you don't really see it. And so when somebody else says they're awful, you kind of you're just jealous. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not that I'm saying that religion's at off that it, religion is awful, but it can it's, be. It's not that I'm not saying that. <laughs> It definitely can be. Uh, at one point, she has like a crisis of faith after she gets fired, and so she goes out to the, to a bar, drinks some beer, like just a sip of beer, and yeah. then gives a random guy a handy. <laughs> a really sad one, too. <laughs> Is there such thing as like a happy handy? <laughs> I think most handies are kind of just sad in general. I mean, yeah, if it's not going somewhere else, if that's it, right? then yeah, it's just kind of like... Like Donald Glover said, it's it's like, uh, cheer- he said Cheerios is the hand job of cereal. It's like this is pretty good, but you know what I really want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hand job's good for get like get things going. Yes. Like if you're like in the car or, you know, at a movie or something, <laughs> or in some random side room at a bar, which is where they were. Right. And then I guess apparently the guy just like nutted in her hand and he's just like, sorry. Yeah, then she just grabs some random towel and like, and just leaves. Like, no words exchanged. She's just like, okay, we're done here. I missed what happened to her hand, but it was like wrapped up for a good portion of the movie. She burned it. Was that what it was? Yeah. Cause, okay. Cause it, to me, it looked like she put it down like the butt of her hand and it was on her knuckles. Or this, yeah, I think it was just the back of her hand she put on the stove. Okay. Cause she's, uh, she's one of those kind of Catholics who believe that like pain is love. Oh yeah, like very... oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, just uh, yeah, self-flagellation. Yeah, there's a scene where she like puts down penance, um, popcorn kernels, like uncooked popcorn kernels, and kneels on those. Mm-hmm. That that's like the tamest thing that she does. Yeah, and then, yeah, that... she like burns her hand, and then you see her like picking at it at one point, which that was gross. Yeah, that's like something that like a lot of really, uh, yeah, like self-flagellating. Um, holy men would do. They take like rocks and kneel on them. Mm. It's weird, weird yeah. stuff. Uh, but then you know that kind of brings her back around, and she realizes that she has to save Amanda. And then uh, finally, some supernatural stuff starts happening towards the end, and that's about where I'll leave it. Fair enough. Um, yeah. man, you want to talk about slow moving movies? Oh my god, man. It's only an hour and a half, and it seriously felt like it was two and a half hours. I should have known when I saw A24. Well, A24 is real hit and miss. I mean, so far for me, unless it has Ari Aster's name on it, A24 has been miss. Fair. Although, aren't like a lot of the SpectraVision movies, aren't those? Mm-mm. Those haven't been A24? No, that, that's their own thing. I like looked okay. it up before we started. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right, well, then, yeah. Um, yeah, I, the first kind of, like, horror-ish thing starts at the 36th minute, or 37th minute of the movie. Like, I looked because I, I was like, oh, finally something happening. The, like, the good stuff, in my opinion, starts around the 54th minute. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like the three acts. It kind of is like starts hot and then kind of buoys and then, you know, ebbs and flows with the beginning and end of the. 
the axe. Yeah, I mean, I think I probably would have found this movie uh, less daunting if I wasn't expecting it to be a horror movie. Yeah. I, I like saw these rave reviews about this as like the first great horror movie of the year. And so I'm expecting like horror. Yeah. Horror. Har- horror. <laughs> and you don't really get any horror until the very end of the movie. And even that, like calling that horror is a little little bit of a reach. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... One thing this movie does fairly well, I guess, is kind of keep this ambiguity ambiguity going. Ambiguity. Ambiguity. Thank you. Um, of whether or not, you know, Maud is actually talking to God or if mm-hmm. she's just nuts. Yeah, because the way she prays is like like she's having a conversation. Yeah. It's, it's like she's talking directly to God and it's not so much in a like, Dear God, please, you know, watch over and bless us and all this stuff. It's it's like, dear God, what would you like me to do today? Like, like that kind of thing. Right. Um, it does speak very loudly of born agains. Um, like you said, you know, becoming a little crazy. Yeah, almost like militaristic in their faith. Yeah, because you know, it's like you you meet people that were brought up in a religion, and they're either atheist <laughs> yeah they're either, they've also completely all they've either completely lost their faith or have you know kind of settled into it and it's just kind of like part of who they are yeah it's just what we do on sunday like yeah um and you know but there is other people who are still fanatical about it um but bornigans you know they tend to take it a little too seriously um, it's almost like they feel like they have, they're making up for lost time or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this really highlights kind of like, at least what I see with a lot of born agains, um, more to like a, an extreme state. Uh, but it, it's kind of like, uh, satirical in that respect. Um, just like born agains on extreme level, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a message about mental illness in here as well. Yeah, but I don't know. I've always been like I've never been a religious person, um, and I've seen what it does to people to become so fanatical, especially born agains, um, and I've seen it ruin relationships. Um, I've seen it like. I I got dumped once because I wasn't Christian, like that kind of shit. It's like what, what is that? Who I'm? Who I think it is? Maybe. Like, did we know each other then? Huh? Where did we know each other then? Yeah. Were we in the band then? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was fucking stupid, and you know I feel dumb for trying to argue against it. I should have just walked away, but um, it's just it, like I. Anyway, so, like, I've always kind of been not resentful, but, like, very uh, critical of um, people who tout their religion um, like some kind of badge of honor. It's like, dude, nobody fucking cares about your religion. You're not impressing anyone. If anything, you're annoying people. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I mean, this is, you know, a a much deeper conversation than 
this podcast warrants, but yeah, th- I mean, um, like, this is something that, like, for me to really air my grievances, like, I wouldn't do it in a public setting. It's something I just kind of keep private to myself. Yeah, like, I, I always thought of it as like religion is supposed to be a personal thing. Like, it's supposed to be a relationship between you and God, and it's not supposed to be something that you go out and you tell everybody about and you try and bring everybody into. Yeah, that's why I, I always appreciated Judaism because they're like the only ones who are like, "No, we're good." Yeah, please, please don't. We don't need any more. <laughs> and you know, it's like when I was talking about mod going straight to to Catholicism. It's like that's extreme measures, especially because like the Catholics they don't advertise their religion. They pretty much run the world already. They don't need <laughs> to bring in new followers. Um, you know, they have new followers born into the religion every day. Yeah. Um, and whether or not those people get sick of it by the time they're teenagers, it's neither here nor there. But like the ones that are out like hitting the pavement selling the religion are the Protestants. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever subsection they may be. Um, so just Oh, the Mormons. <laughs> Soul soliciting pig fuckers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, the ones that come to your door, like Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses, or, you know, whether it's, um, you know, any of the other Protestant faiths, like, uh, you know, you've got people like like Southern Baptists, it's all fire and brimstone, if you don't come pray, you're going to hell, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, And, you know, which, then there's like... The Sunday Christians are like, I don't know if it's technically considered four square, but like four square kind of churches where they take basically all kind of forms of Christianity. Um, it's like those are the ones that like will send you shit in the mail. Like, hey, come check out our church. It's fun. It's not fun. <laughs> like, you don't need to advertise your church, man. If you want, if people are going to go to your church, they already know about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, I just, like I said, I've seen what religion can do to people and do to their lives and do to their relationships. Um, you know, even more extreme versions like Scientology that, that really fucks up people's lives. So anyway, so this movie really kind of puts an exclamation. Yeah. It really puts an exclamation point on, um, on those those kinds of people who take it too far, and um, not only do they take it too far in their own lives, but they try to, like you said earlier, try to save people mm-hmm. when it's not their place. Yeah. So, I don't know if you've ever had that happen, or somebody tried to save you, but oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is a good movie. It's very well made. It's very well acted. It tells the uh, the the story that it wants to tell. Uh, I think, and it gets the message across that it wants to to portray. But I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I like. I was, I was bored. Like, like I saw all these just raving reviews, and so that was why I put it on the on the schedule. And like I said, it's a good movie. It is like I it, I I get everything that they want me to get. I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not that I didn't understand it. Um, it's not that I... It's not that it was bad. It wasn't that it was, you know, 
hard to watch. Yeah, it was. It was just. It just moved really slow, and that's not my style. Yeah, it's not without its merits. So like you said it is a well done film. Um, you know, technically speaking. But for someone like me, like I'm, I'm definitely not target audience. Yeah, like I'm wearing Avengers underwear, so that tells you what kind of movies I watch. Like, <laughs> how far are you into that? By the way, uh, we're almost done. All right, I think we got two left. It's gonna be what? We got Ant Man two is one of them, uh, and then Should Endgame. Be. Uh, yeah, Ant Man two. Endgame, and then Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man's not on Disney+, Plus, so I forget about that one, but yeah. And then we got to watch WandaVision. We started watching WandaVision, then we stopped until we finished the timeline, and now we're gonna, then we're going to finish WandaVision. Yeah, I mean, if you got to Infinity War, then pretty well caught up. Actually, well, maybe we have three left, because I don't think we've watched Infinity War yet. Oh, okay, then yeah. Let's see, does Ant-Man 2 come before or after Infinity War? I honestly can't remember. But, I mean, we're getting there. It's it's within sight. There you go. Yeah, we watched... Uh, I told you our internet was out. So we were pretty much... Our internet and cable were out. So we were pretty much stuck watching what we had on Blu-ray or DVD. So um, <clears throat> she surprisingly wanted to watch an Avengers movie. So I popped in Infinity War. And then just... I was... I thought she would want to watch something else. But then she wanted to watch Endgame after that. So... <laughs> Well, we watched both back to back, which is a lot of movie. They're both like over two hours long. So, dude, they're all like over two hours long. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, the big ones, like the the Avengers movies. Yeah, they're all really long. Even like the Thor ones were like two hours and eleven minutes or something. I mean, Dark World is the only one I've still not seen. Oh, really? Yeah, I've seen all the Marvel movies except for Dark World. Um, and it's not for any real reason. I just haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's really hard for me to review this movie because, like I said, I, I think it's it's a very well-made movie and I think that it does exactly what it wants to do. It's just not for me. Yeah. And I know a lot of people love these elevated horror movies, which are all these uh, such a slow burn yeah, I mean, A24 is really making their their bankroll off of those kinds of yeah. movies. And they're all very focused on, like, an underlying message, which, you know, like, in this case is, is I definitely think there's a mental illness capacity. And then, like Tony said, with, uh, you know, the volatility of religion. Yeah. So it's it's all there. It's just, for me, it just took too long to get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently there was a cockroach <clears throat> wrangler on set. That makes it's, sense. It's, a, it's an interesting job. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got to get somebody to handle the fucking bugs. Yeah, I suppose you can't just like stick a bug on the wall and say like, "All right, just film that until we get what we need." Like, you know, when we were uh, when the film fest was running, and one of the one of the movies, um, fuck, I forget what it's called. It's one that took place in a video rental store. Cassette. Cassette. So we were watching cassette, and the end credits were running, and it said that it had a snake wrangler. It's like, I think I said to you, it's like, the snake was in a... The snake was just sat in his cage. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, did you really have to do a lot of wrangling? It's like, was the wrangler just the guy that owned the snake? It's like, here's a snake. Put it there. <laughs> anyway. 
yeah, I'm I'm pretty much on board with you on all points. Um, it's it's a well done movie. I have really no really no complaints about it from a technical point. Um, it's just not my idea of horror. Um, I, I have a hard time calling it horror just because I kind of have like this image of horror in my mind, which has grown over the years, especially since we've been doing the show. But for me, this just doesn't really fit the horror definition. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's, you know, when you look at it like I am on IMDb or, you know, when you pull it up on Amazon or whatever, you know, it says drama, horror, thriller. It's like, I mean, I get the the drama and the thriller, but horror, I'm not. I mean, sure. yeah, certain scenes, but yeah, overall, not really. Yeah. I will say the finale is dope. It's pretty intense. Um, but I mean, I gotta, I gotta rate it just how I can rate it. Like, I don't want to. People, the people that listen to the show listen to it because they want to hear our her perspective on things. Yeah, I think we've been more than fair with saying that that it's a well done movie. But as far as horror goes, and as far as my tastes go, um, I give it a five, I guess. I'm gonna give it a seven. But I'm giving it a seven with an asterisk. <laughs> like, I mean, if if this was my kind of movie, I might be talking about an eight or a nine because it, it is a very good movie. But it it really is just not my style, and it's it is hard to uh, to consider this as a horror movie. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it's like I said, you can only watch it in one place on Epics. Uh, yeah. Whether that's on your cable provider or if you get the Amazon channel, but um, or Philo, it's on Philo, which I think is might be affiliated with Epic somehow. Oh, okay. Or it might be like a Sling or something. I did see that it was on Slingbox, but that maybe though just because you can get you probably like have to a, get the Epic channel yeah, on yeah. Sling. Yeah. Make up your mind. Um. But yeah, it's you know what was it like. Six bucks, seven bucks. Right? I actually didn't even see. I just got the free trial, so right. Oh, that's right. You get because you, yeah, you can't rent it. the The channel itself is. I think you said it was five ninety nine to to add the cable channel. Yeah, yeah. You can add at least for if you have like Comcast or Xfinity, you can add Terrestrials cable. Right. You can add. The, you can add epics to your cable package for five ninety nine a month. I assume adding a channel to Amazon or whatever else, Apple TV or something, is probably similar, similarly similarly priced. Fuck, <laughs> too many syllables. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, five ninety nine is probably what you would spend to rent it anyway. So, yeah, and then you can watch whatever the fuck else is on Epics. Fucking a. There's probably other stuff on there. Right, it's not just the Saint Maud channel. Yeah, I mean, if you're into the DC shows, there's that Pennyworth. That's about Alfred. Oh, okay. It's not really a superhero show, but it's about a DC character. <laughs> and uh, Britannia is on there. Well, there you go. 
which I just assume is about the British wrestler from Glow. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think is Epics British? Nope, American. A subsidiary of MGM. Huh. Headquarters New York, New York, America, New York. New York, New York. New York, America, New York. <laughs> America is in New York. Right. And New York is in America. And England is in London. Right. So yeah, I mean, if you're into these elevated thriller, horror, whatever, A24, slow burn, check out St. Maud because it's, you know, it's a good movie and it, people who enjoy that that genre um, will probably like it. So, but if you're listening to this show, then you probably like dumb shit like us. Probably like dumb shit like Nicolas Cage fighting animatronic animals. Yeah. How about that segue? There you go. Speaking of which... The next film we're going to be talking about is Willy's Wonderland. Welcome to Willy's Wonderland. Spend the night cleaning Willy's Wonderland, and I will pay to have your car fixed. Deal? You are officially on staff. Let's get the hell out of here. I can't stand to hear a grown man scream. This place has a dark history. I know the bullshit story they told you. It's a lie. You're here to be a human sacrifice. Have you been listening to a word I've been saying? He's gonna die in here, but he won't listen to me. got out. Nobody is safe. Put your balls on, Evan. We're going to Willie's. He's not trapped in here with them. They're trapped in here with him. It's your birthday and we want you to I enjoy a man a few words. Anthony. Yes, to ta- Taylor Taylor Thee. How long have we been waiting for this movie? Uh about too damn long. <laughs> I remember I we've talked about this story multiple times back when it was still Wally's Wonderland. Was it was that the original name? Yeah. I thought it was something completely different. No, it was Wally's Wonderland. Okay. And we heard Nicolas Cage and animatronic animals, and we were like, fucking in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Say less. <laughs> Don't try to talk me out of it. Finally, that day has come. Uh, yes, Willy's Wonderland. Uh, the hot new film uh, from director Kevin Lewis. Um, starring Nicolas Cage. Um, yeah, I mean, very, very similar in, in theme to 
um, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Some believe that it was actually based on Five Nights at Freddy's, which is not true. Um, it may just have a similar theme. The writer may have been inspired, but it's not based on Five Nights at Freddy's. So we'll just set that straight. There's also definite similarities to uh, the Banana Splits movie. Yes. And it is very similar. Um, not just in in story, but in tone. Mm-hmm. Tonally, it's like almost identical. So, <clears throat> movie is a uh, it's, it's about uh, Nicolas Cage, who is unnamed. He has no name in the movie. Nope. He has no speaking lines. Not one. I really thought, like at the very end, he would say something. Yeah, like you know, gro- groovy, or <laughs> just some kind of hot one-liner. Yeah. But, you know, when, when I saw this trailer and everybody else in the trailer said something except for him, I'm like, is he not going to talk in the movie? That's crazy. Why would you hire Nicolas Cage and not have him talk? Right. And he doesn't fucking talk in the entire movie. We do get some grunts. Yeah. And some... Uh, some screams, some, some Rage and Cage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some Rage and Cajun. Um, but anyway, so... Yeah, he's um, he's driving along. He's, he's driving, driving along in his badass Corvette, um, char- Corvette, not Charger, um, and uh, he runs over a spike strip that's in the road, um, and uh, as luck would have it, a tow truck driver is coming down the road just as it happens. Um, so he's giving him a ride down to the shop. And, you know, this guy's sitting there talking his ear off. And, yeah, like I said. A Slim Jim in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking gross. And he pulls it out of his mouth, and it's all, like, swollen and gray. So it's clearly been in his mouth for a long time. Um, yeah, he's just talking his ear off about nothing. Um, and they get to the shop, and he says, okay, well, it's going to be, you know, such and such dollars to, um, to fix the tire. Um, fortunately we're cash only, so we don't take any plastic credit cards. Um, and, uh, he, and all the ATMs are down cause there's no internet. Right. Why there's an ATM machine there. If they don't have oh. internet, you don't have to say the machine, huh? You don't have to say machine. The M in ATM is, is for machine. Okay. Okay. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, why there's an ATM there to begin with, if there's no, no internet, there's no internet yeah. is not explained. So don't don't hold your breath about that. <laughs> I mean, maybe they used to have internet and then they didn't pay their they, bill. They, yeah, the, the whole city, town didn't pay their the bill. C- the city didn't pay their bill. Um. Anyway, so he says, uh, "Would you be willing to work it off?" And extreme close up, intense, pensive glare. He Slight nods. nod. <laughs> and then the guy takes his pants off. Yep. He's like, get to work, boy. Uh, no, he takes him over to Willie's Wonderland, which is a Chuck E. Cheese-like uh, place. Um, Restaurant? Yeah, you know, it's, it's all centered around Willie Weasel and his buddies 
um, you know, center center of the of the restaurant is uh, uh, an animatronic band, um, and this place is boarded up and locked up, uh, very uh, destitute, and just the entire place is torn apart. It's m- messy, um, and the owner, uh, what the hell is his name? Tex. Tex. McAdoo. Yeah, Tex McAdoo shows up. Says, look, all I need you to do, clean the place. Where we're getting it ready to reopen it. Um, it's been closed for years and we're we're gonna get it going again. And we need this place, you know, spick and span. Um and uh you know, he just shows them around all the different elements of this of the restaurant. Um shows them a supply closet. Hands him a Willie's Wonderland T-shirt. Says you are officially on staff. Um, and so he's basically just supposed to work through the night. And in exchange, this guy in the garage is, or apparently Tex, Tex is going to pay the thousand dollars to fix his tires. Right. Um, Do they sell those Willie Willie's Wonderland ringer tees? Because if they don't, they're leaving money on the fucking table. Oh, I mean, they've got to, right? Um, only an asshole would not sell them. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you, if this was a Legion M movie, they would definitely be selling it. Dude, Legion M sells Kraft Mac and Cheese in a Cheddar Goblin box. Yeah. Like, Ch- Cheddar Goblin. Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> I still need to buy that Tiger baseball shirt. <laughs> um, anyway. So he, um, yeah, so he gets to work. Uh, just, Cleaning every element of this place, top to bottom. Yeah, scrubbing marker off the walls. Throughout the entire movie, he's cleaning using God knows what kinds of cleaners because apparently they're strong enough to take marker off of a painted wall, spray paint. Yeah, w- w- you know the only thing that takes marker off is like acetone, uh, and uh, that's gonna that's gonna do some damage on your hands. So you wear gloves when you mess with that shit. And he's like spraying down a, an oven later with degreaser. It's like, you, you, you got to wear gloves, man. It's Nicolas Cage. He doesn't have to do shit. You know, I don't need a fucking gloves. Do I look like a pussy to you? <laughs> Who the fuck I am? <laughs> anyway, um, outside of the um, restaurant is a group of kids um, led by Liv. Um, they have the goal to burn... This motherfucker to the ground. Pookie. (laughs) Uh, They're going to burn down Willie's Wonderland um, because apparently inside the animatronics come to life and kill people. Uh, They do it on what an annual basis. Um, Is it annually or is it just whenever? I I don't know that they are actually specified. Yeah, I don't think they did. But it's... Regular enough to where it's an issue. Yeah. So, yeah, Liv and her friend, or I guess Liv is kind of spearheading this, um, and her friends are just kind of there to support her, sort of. Like, they all know that it's happening. Like, they're on board with it. Just their dedication to the cause is a little iffy. Not Yeah, not quite to, to the same level as Liv. So they, um, the the building's locked up, like, Tex chained up the door behind Cage, uh, and there's no clear way into the building. 
So Liv presumably makes it up to her up to the roof and gets in through the ventilation system. Um, and around this time is when uh, Nicholas Cage starts encountering. He's referred to in this as the janitor. Yeah. And I get is that how he's credited? Yeah. Okay. So I'm just gonna call him that. The janitor um has already encountered Jan Etor. <laughs> I started watching Scribs again. Well you, you we just you finished. Know. Oh, did you? Yeah. It's like it's always good. Yeah. That's one of the I've, I've Except re- season nine. We didn't talk about that. Uh it's like I that I think of rewatch Scrubs more than any other show. Uh and it's just always funny. Anyway, it, although you could you couldn't make it today, at least not the same way. Yeah, because there's a lot of homophobia, a lot of sexism, and like their plate is like kind of like jokingly shining a light on it. Just how they the, the kind of hypocrisy in the medical field. Yeah, but it's it's a little, little ham fisted <laughs> by today's standards. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, having watched that and Ted Lasso, I'm like, I need to go watch everything Bill Lawrence has made. Oh, you, you have watched Ted Lasso? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we we just finished it a few days ago. Oh, I loved it. It's pretty good. Like, I liked it because you know I don't give a shit about soccer. I don't I don't like soccer, um, but the soccer element of the show is somewhat minimal. Yeah, it's more about the characters, right? Um, but yeah, Bill Lawrence. Like, I, I I recognize the name, but I couldn't think of why. So I had to look him up. But. William Van Duzer Lawrence the Fourth. That's his fucking name. I believe it because <laughs> his production company is called Duzer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Nicholas so, Cage. Yeah. At this point, um, the janitor's gone up against what one or two of these animatronics. I know it was, it was Ozzy Ostrich first, right? Who s- tries to sneak up on him, and he's not having it. He turns around. Like he's, he's he's sweeping up like the main dining area, and the ostrich is trying to sneak up on him, and you can't fuck an ostrich because it would take at least two people allegedly, <laughs> and it would have to be a sick ostrich allegedly. <laughs> um, it have to take it take at least two people, maybe even three. Um, so he turns around and things are standing there. Like, it just freezes like he turns around. It's like, you were just on stage. What are you doing here? Starts nudging him, and then the thing comes to life, says he's going to eat his face. Starts nudging him. He's like, <laughs> whap. Yeah, whap. he's like like tapping him pretty hard with the broom handle and like shoving him and stuff. Uh, anyway, so the ostrich attacks him, and uh, you know he quickly gets the upper hand grabs the thing by the neck and tackles it to the ground and starts just beating it about the face and shoulders. Um, and uh, then... Because he broke the broomstick in half and was just like... Right. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, he's like using them like a scream of sticks. And um, yeah, he gets it to the ground and rips... Rips its throat out. Rips its throat open and then rips its like mechanical neck out <laughs> and holds it there like fucking scorpion after he rips out somebody's spinal column. And out. I love every time he kills one of these things, there's like... I don't know if it's battery fluid or what, but it just sprays like blood everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then he just casually goes and gets another shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, instead of just saying, oh, I got to get out of here. 
No, got to keep cleaning. He's dedicated to his work, and that's what I appreciate about him. Um, he cleans that place. He gets a spotless. Yeah, man. And I also love that Tex told him, make sure you take breaks. So he like sets a timer on his watch, and every, I don't know, half hour or something, it goes off, and whatever he's doing, he stops, goes and drinks this punch pop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like an energy drink Dude, or I, cola of some sort. I expected at the very end there was going to be some kind of explanation about the punch pop. Yeah. But no, he just downs an entire can and then plays pinball. Yeah. For, I don't know, 10 minutes. And, and he's then, and then just goes back to work. He's adamant about taking his breaks on a schedule. Yeah. Because <laughs> at one point he is about to, f- you know, live is inside the building at this point. And they're about to face down uh, one of the characters. I think it was the chameleon. Yeah. Cammy um, Chameleon. And, you know, they're about, like, he's got his fists up ready to get into a fight with this thing. And his alarm goes off. So he... He just turns around and walks out. Yeah, he grabs a pocket knife out of his hand, or out of his pocket, hands, hands it, it to live, and walks out and goes on his break. In which, yeah, he drinks his punch pop and plays pinball. <laughs> and dances. And dances. By the way, I don't know if you saw, but this is by the same people who made Mom and Dad. Is it? Yeah, I didn't know that. It's not the same. It's like the the tone, the feel of it, and the tone is. It's a little less frantic, which is you'd think it would be more frantic. Yeah, anything, but I mean, you know, Nicolas Cage isn't barking like a dog. God, or... I gotta go watch Mom and Dad again. So good. Bark like a dog. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so right, he... Lindsay Buckingham. Huh? I said, all right, Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> Bill Murray. I know. Okay. It's also Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> sure. Buck like a dog. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, pretty much this movie is, you know, eventually Liv and all of her friends get inside the building and, uh, you know... One by one, hilarity kinda, ensues. Yeah, one by one, they're kind of getting picked off by these animatronics, um, and you know, Nick Cage eventually just gets you. Know, he starts the animatronics get picked off one by one by Nicholas. Yeah, Cage. He, gets, he just ends up kicking all their asses. Like, there's no explanation to who this guy is or why he's such a badass. Like at the beginning, he's got dog tags hanging from his rearview mirror, so you assume he's a you know a, a soldier of some sort. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, like I said, no name, no occupation, no backstory. He's just driving through town, and he blows out his tires and has to, uh, you know, work it off. And that that's all we know about him. Yep. Um, and he likes Punch Pop. And he loves his Punch Pop. And pinball, apparently. He loves that pinball machine. Yeah. Um. Story wise, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I, do we, I was gonna say, do we want to talk about what why the animatronics are coming live? Is it a spoiler? I mean, it is a it, spoiler. Where it is, but is it like? I mean, it's it's kind of in the trailer. Is it? It's, I mean, it's alluded to. We don't have to. Let's leave it out. All right. Let people. Let's people. Let people find it out on their own. <laughs> there's a line in the trailer where Liv says. He's not trapped in here with them. They're trapped in here with him. And that makes like Nicolas Cage's character sound evil. Yeah. And I was like, that really doesn't fit. 
Once you see it in context, though. Kind of. It, it makes more sense, but it still is kind of out of left field. True. I think if somebody else had said it, then maybe it would have made more sense. The fact that Liv said it kind of throws it off. I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, like, th- there's a purpose for him being locked in there. There's a purpose for these things coming to life. And there's a purpose for, you know, everybody from Tex to this tow truck driver uh, to the sh- local sheriff, all trying to keep him inside, make sure nobody else gets in or out. Um, it's kind of like this, you know, backstory with the whole town. The, sh- um, the, the sheriff who was played by Beth Grant, who you may recognize as uh, Dwight's babysitter on The Office that he starts dating later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's I mean, she's also, she, yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. Donnie Darko. Um, I mean, I could just sit here and name stuff, but it's Little Miss Sunshine, uh, No Country for Old Men. If you haven't seen a movie with her, you have not seen any movies. Seriously, look how long this fucking... Uh, uh, Filmography. Is. Oh yeah, and she, this is just the movies. Yeah, she's been in tons of and TV then he gets shows too. TV, Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, like uh, seriously, if you have not seen her in something, at least one thing, probably even two. I think two would be more likely. Then you have not seen anything. Yeah. <laughs> she was on uh, X Files, Angel. Yes. Accurate. Two, two guys and a girl, which of course was the spinoff of Two Guys and a Girl in a Pizza Place. After they dropped the pizza place. <laughs> uh, Who would have thought that that would be the thing that they drop? The pe- what? Yeah, like you'd think like someone would leave the cast or something. And it would just be like a guy and a girl in a pizza place. But instead, no, it's like, let's get rid of the pizza place. <laughs> I think we've outgrown the pizza place. <laughs> we need to move on. Yeah, the jump off position for uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yep, that's right. The the only guy that you've heard anything from, or the only character on that show that you've heard anything from lately. I mean, the other guy was on Always Sunny for an episode, two. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, he's the the rival bar owner, wasn't he? Yeah, they take him to the strip club. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he's the one that like everybody quits Patty's and gets a job there, At right? The the rock and roll cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the eighties rock cafe. <laughs> Uh, anyway, and Trailer Howard has done stuff, yeah, like dirty work, like twenty years ago, <laughs> twenty five years ago, yeah. <laughs> and then you know others. That movie was after Boston Boston and Common, right? Uh, I believe so. I think because I knew her from that show when I saw Dirty Work. Well, she was on Monk. Oh, that's right. She was her, his second caregiver. I did not expect that Willie's Wonderland would turn into a whole discussion about two guys a girl in a pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> Although it does have a pizza place. <laughs> yeah. Although, is it a pizza place? Also, that's not how we got there. <laughs> no. But, you know, Chuck I, don't, e- I don't know. Chuck E. Cheese is a pizza place. Sure. And I don't know about Freddy's. Fun, Freddy's Funland? Is that what it's called? Freddy. Freddie Fazbeck. Freddie Fazbender. 
Freddy, Freddy Fassbender's giant cock. <laughs> Hanging dong all over the place. It's like Freddy Fazbear. Freddy Fazbear's pizzeria. So yeah. So does be okay. But in this, I feel like it's like a hot dog place. I don't remember seeing like I mean we see the kitchen, but it's mostly just kind of him cleaning the kitchen. We don't see a specific like pizza oven or anything like that. Yeah. Um the only thing I can go off of is when see, so I think I saw a picture or like a cartoon or something of kids eating hot dogs and Tex was talking about you know, oh, the, yeah, the good old days dogs, of kids yeah. eating hot dogs. Um anyway, it irrelevant. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Because of two guys and girl in a pizza place. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, like plot wise, I think we've pretty much covered the important parts. Anything else would be, you know, starting to give stuff away. Yeah, and um, I mean, it's it's fucking Nicholas Cage. So I mean, you get you get what you expect. Yeah, I mean, like I've seen people complaining, and I mean, you broached it earlier that like having Nicholas Cage do a movie where he doesn't speak. Kind of seems like a waste of Nicolas Cage, but like it, it just kind of titillates you. You know, you're just like because you you start thinking like, when's he gonna speak? What's he gonna say? What's the big line gonna be? Yeah, but it's like I kept waiting for those kind of like signature. I'm a cat. I'm a sexy cat. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I just, I just, I kept waiting for those like signature Nick Cage mannerisms and they Cageisms. just, yeah, and it just never really happened. Like you know, the big crazy eyes or like he does like this weird fucking dancing around and shit, and that's kind of kind of him. But yeah, that's the thing. Like this movie really could have been made with, I would say anyone else, but multiple other people, and it wouldn't have changed a lot. Yeah. You don't you really don't get the the full spectrum of Cage. Right. Uh which you could have made this with Joe Manganiello. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> I bet you would. He's a he's a beautiful man. I'll I'll put it out there. Um especially when he keeps changing his shirt. Yep. <laughs> um, I think Cage goes through at least five shirts. At least, yeah. Because every time he kills a, a, one of the anim, animatronics, he gets, yeah, just doused in all this grease or yeah. oil or whatever. Like, why? It's not like animatronics have, like, fucking... There's veins. Yeah, this circulatory system of oil. Of oil or battery acid or whatever. That's not how it works. That's <laughs> how machines are put together. That's not how any of this works. Um, but you needed something to splatter, you know? I suppose. It's like if I went out and started like hitting my car with a hammer, I wouldn't just get sprayed with oil. <laughs> I don't know. Have you tried it? I mean, no. You should try it when you get home and see what happens. Okay. <laughs> but if I don't get sprayed with oil, um, anyway. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the supporting... It, so it's weird. Nick Cage, being who he is, just kind of becomes the de facto main star even though he's almost like a secondary character yeah because it seems like the story itself focuses more on live yeah um live it was uh emily tosta um she was okay i mean 
I don't know. Her her performance was kind of forgettable, I guess. Yeah, nobody else really stood out. Yeah, I mean, you know, Beth Grant. You you get Beth Grant. She's kind of like Nick Cage. You just she she plays. She's a character actor. She does one thing. She does it well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that that's what you get. Uh and um. I mean, her lives group of friends. They're just kind of like castaway, you know, teenage characters. Yeah, they all kind of play their um, uh, what's the word archetypes. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it's a fun movie. You get a simulated sex scene, but you don't get to see any nudity. Yeah, what's, what's even the point? I don't know. Like at least in Saint Maud, we saw some butt. Right. It's not like I can't see that girl's boobs on the internet. Who's? I, I mean, hypothetically speaking. <laughs> Mods. No. Uh, uh, Kaylee Cohen. Ah. Uh, got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I were to say want to look them up, I probably could. Pro- I probably <laughs> one could assume. Um. Yeah, uh, but her nudity is not a given. She's not a Mia Goth. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's not Shan Elizabeth in the nineties. <laughs> right. I remember when I saw 13 Ghosts, it was not too long after American Pie, and she didn't that, get naked. Be, well, that fucking trailer. The trailer was like, rated R for spookiness and nudity. Right. Instead and of starring Shannon Elizabeth, and there's nudity in it. And it was like, oh, yeah. You're like, oh, Shannon Elizabeth gets naked. And they're like, nope, it's some girl with scars on her tits. Right. <laughs> and it's not even a real boobs, because they're just fucking prosthetics put over the, the money shots. Yeah, they knew what they were doing with that shit. <laughs> Marketing right to us. <laughs> anyway. Um, While lying to our faces. That's what the movie industry does. Anyway, so... I hate, um, I hate how fake Hollywood is. <laughs> Shan Elizabeth was in that movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's six degrees. <laughs> six degrees. It's a... It's a... 360. Yep. Seven. 367? I don't know. 365? Yep. 24-7? I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Get back on track. Okay. Uh, I mean, we've been over the movie. It, it, it's a fun movie. Um, it is, but like, like we said, as... I, I don't think it fully utilizes Cage, and I think this movie could have been made with, with a, a multitude of other people including you know some faceless unknown actor sure and it wouldn't have changed very much yeah i mean it would have been less marketable for sure and that's the thing i'm as i was watching this i was just like would i still like this movie the same amount if this wasn't nicholas cage and i don't think i would even though it's not full nicholas cage i think if this was just some uh you know some first time actor that acted the exact same way I probably would have liked this movie less. I 
can say that Nicolas Cage is the reason I bothered to pay $20 for it. Correct. By the way, this is an early access film, uh, meaning that you it's, it's basically like um, you know, renting an in-theater home, movie at home, uh, even though it's in very few theaters on account of the pandemic. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I don't know that I would have even watched it if it wasn't Nick Cage. I think we probably would have watched it for the show still. Just because it's fair enough, it's it is so silly and it is like right up our alley. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been as like put this on the fucking calendar yesterday. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. We, we, I mean, the minute this was announced, we were just like, yes. We're like, where can I watch this? And they're like, it hasn't been filmed yet. And we're like, what are you doing? Get the fuck to work. It's like, why are you doing anything? <laughs> why else are you talking right now? to me? <laughs> anyway, so um. Yeah, it's good. Is it worth twenty bucks? I don't know. I don't think so. I think I'd probably wait until if if I wasn't watching it for the show, I definitely would have waited until it was a normal rental price. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, like I don't know, twenty bucks is a bit of a steep price tag for this. Um, even for this early access, it's like you know you, you get these big blockbusters, like um. I think uh, like Mulan and Wonder Woman were like kind of those first movies that were doing this early access thing. Yeah. Um, although Wonder Woman, you didn't have to pay for it if you had HBO Max. I don't know. There, there, there have been movies out there where you know these studios are trying to get their first run movies out, uh, charging usually about twenty bucks for it. Um, on top of whatever membership fees you're paying or, you know, or subscription fees you're paying. Um, and it's a bit of a steep price tag, but if you think, you know, you're, you're not going to the theater, but you'd still probably be paying about 20 to $30, depending on the theater for two movie tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you think of it that way, it's not that much, but, to just kind of drop 20 bucks on a movie you get to watch once is a little extreme considering you can go out to Best Buy or whatever and, and get a, a Blu-ray Buy, or DVD yeah. for, you know, about that. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I, w- I would definitely say wait till this is, you know... 10 bucks or less. Yeah, like an, like an actual VOD release. Um but once once that comes about, I'd say it's worth it. It's it's. I had fun with it. Yeah, it's it's definitely entertaining. Um, I don't know that it's something I'd like. I don't know that I'd go out and buy it. No, like I don't. I don't, I don't think I'd probably watch this multiple times. Um, you know, as opposed to something like Mom and Dad or <laughs> or even like Mandy, or you know, it's like real primo cage, you mm-hmm. know. Um. So, uh, you should make a sequel where he just doesn't shut up. <laughs> just talks the entire movie. Yeah. Just interrupts people constantly. <laughs> um, I'll get a, mm, torn. 
Natalie and Bruglia. Yep. You got it. Uh, I, I give it a seven. Yeah, same. All right. All right, all right, all right. So yeah, this is, if you do want to drop the 20 bucks, it's on pretty much all the rental. Not Google. Oh, really? Nope. Oh, would you have to watch Amazon? Yeah. Which sucks because they have like a $100 gift card to Google Play. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, ah, whatever, 20 bucks. I'll just use up this gift card. Nope, you won't. You Sucks will pay $20. You. Give Jeff Bezos your money. You know, it's funny. Uh, I wanted to buy that camera. And that, like for streaming, that's like, I may have told you the story already. I don't know. But that's, that's like the kind of like the, the standard for a lot of streamers nowadays. It's like 1080p and it streams at 60 frames per second, which is hard to find especially at a reasonable price tag. But, you know, once the pandemic started happening, a lot of people were either doing meetings or lessons from home. Mm. And then also a lot of people started doing streaming. OnlyFans, Twitch streamers, those type of things. So those are hard to find. I managed to find one at Best Buy. Um, and I had a discount or like a coupon for Best Buy. And my boss had given me a $50 gift card to Amazon. So what I did was use the $50 Amazon gift card to buy a $50 Best Buy gift card. Yeah. Yeah, you and, didn't tell me this. Okay. And basically, I got like a $160 camera for like 30 bucks. 30, 30 bucks? 30 bucks. <sighs> so, All right. Anyway. Let's put a bow on this. Yeah, that's going to do it for episode 173, guys. Um, hope you... Enjoyed listening to our probably most incoherent episode in a while. (laughs) (laughs) That's why people tune in. They're like, who knows what they're going to talk about? (laughs) They're crazy. But we did just ramble for over two hours. So would you expect anything less from us? They're like, maybe they'll talk about Avengers and two guys, a girl in a pizza place. (laughs) If you bet on that, you win. (laughs) Uh, Yep. You know what we got to do soon? Tell and me. we keep talking about it. We gotta gotta actually do it. What? Drunken cinema. Yep. It's been two years. Has it really? I I, I mean it feels yeah, like it. But, probably, yeah. Um and yeah, we keep saying we're gonna do it and we just we never do it, but we gotta do it. <laughs> yeah. Then we were gonna were we gonna do something with Mortal Kombat when it came out? I we're, don't know. we're just gonna do like a watch party. Okay. So yeah. We might do that, guys. Look out for that. Um, oh, like a public one? Oh. With... I just meant the two of us and maybe Nesgoda. Oh, okay. Well, we could do that, too. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Don't don't look out for that, then. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> but Mortal Kombat does come out on April 6th, 16th. That sounds right. That sounded right as I was saying it, so... <laughs> Did you? I sent you the trailer, right? Yeah, we watched the trailer. Yeah, looks fucking dope. Fucking dope. Okay, so uh, we're gonna go, guys. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with episode one seventy four, in which we'll be talking about what, Taylor? We'll be talking about um, that Barbara Crampton movie, Sacrifice, Sacrifice. <laughs> uh, as well as the stylist, right? Full length adaptation of uh, Jill Six's short film that we both liked. Full length. We just got a screener. Do you see that? 
We did for yeah. Silas. Yeah. Hey, look at that. I had it on the calendar for like June or something when it's supposed to come out, and then we got an email, and they were like, "Hey, this is available for screeners," and I was like, "Yes, neat." Women in Horror Month too. That that's the thing I was talking about earlier. That right. was that's that's the one. That's 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 the that's the that's the gimmick. That's the show. <laughs> um. Yep. Okay, so check that out when it happens. Probably probably in two weeks, but you never know with us. <laughs> maybe we'll get snowed in again. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe we'll just decide not to do it. Fuck you. <laughs> we don't owe you a thing. <laughs> uh, Taylor, until then, where can people find us? They can find us wherever they listen to their podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook Instagram and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore plot. And of course, check out patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast for some exclusive content, including joining us live for horror business. That's true. We just did that earlier. Yeah. This is the thing. That was, that was the gimmick. <laughs> All right, guys. So we'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs> <laughs>